I'm Brian McPherson, and this is the Athena Health Podcast. We're producing this podcast to help clinicians and staff better utilize Athena One so that Athena One can best support your patient care. Today, I'm going to step aside and give the floor to two clinicians who are enthusiastic users of Athena One, thanks in no small part to the accelerator tools that reduce clinical documentation time. One of those clinicians is Dr. Neela Jessel, the Chief Medical Officer here at Athena Health. The other is Dr. Jamila Battle, who's based in Raleigh, North Carolina, and who specializes in sleep medicine and addiction. Dr. Jessel and Dr. Battle had a great conversation last year about their use of accelerator tools like text macros, order sets, and saved findings. We published that conversation as a video on the success community. Some of you may have seen that video. But even back when we recorded the conversation, we understood that many clinicians don't have time to watch videos at their computer in the office. The problem was we didn't have a podcast then. We have a podcast now. So we're excited to bring that conversation to you again in audio-only form so you can listen on your commute or while you're out walking the dog. The one disclaimer I'll share due to the timing of their conversation is that you may hear them refer to AthenaNet, not Athena One. For those who may not be aware, we renamed AthenaNet to Athena One midway through 2022. Just know that when you hear any reference to AthenaNet, they mean what we're now calling Athena One. We hope you enjoy hearing from Dr. Jessel and Dr. Battle. Good morning, I'm Neela Jessel. I'm Chief Medical Officer at Athena Health. I am joined this morning by Dr. Jamila Battle, and we are going to talk about the use of accelerators and Athena One to reduce documentation burden for providers. Good morning, Dr. Battle. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Would you take a moment to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your practice? Yeah, certainly. So I am um, a solo practice and um, I'm a part of um, a group of physicians that basically all practice solo, um, but we're a group um, as far as having shared resources and and shared collaboration in shared space. So basically since the pandemic, I've had to um, convert to a virtual platform, Um, mostly virtual still, but I do have the capability to go in the office if needed. Um, But there were some challenges um, being a solo physician um, prior to the pandemic, which was, I think, um, made apparent (laughs) during the pandemic. So I had to uh, make a change. And also because I practice two different specialties, um, one hat, I'm a sleep physician. And then the other hat that I wear, I'm an addiction physician. They're very different. I needed to streamline some workflows um, and kind of go from multiple sign-ons to maybe one or two. And so um, I consolidated with AthenaNet and I'm very happy with it. Excellent. Yeah. As, as someone who has had her own practice in the past, I can certainly emphasize that being a solo physician uh, is very different <laughs> from being part of a large group. And it really forces you to be at peak efficiency, right? Yes. You have to use every tool in your arsenal available to you to get through your day and manage the administrative burden of your practice. So let's. I would love to talk a little bit about um, which of our tools you have used to help you Um, reduce your documentation burden when you see your patients and run your practice as efficiently as possible. 
so the ones that I use every day um, are the text macros, um, <clears throat> save findings. Um, I use order sets and then I also pull my note forward um, from the visit tab. Um, so I'll pull previous uh, sections of my note forward to reduce documentation burden. Okay, excellent. Yeah, so it sounds like you're using all of our accelerators. <laughs> awesome to hear. So I also happen to be a huge fan of accelerators. My, my personal favorite is probably um, Encounter Pens. I find they really speed up those routine uh, visits where you virtually do the same thing, right? As you always say, 90% is routine. And then why not save your energy for those 10% where you really have to document something unique and very different for that mm -hmm. particular visit. So let's start by talking a little bit about text macros. I, I could hear a little bit that that's probably your personal favorite. <laughs> so <laughs> I would love to hear a little bit about how you use text macros and why you think they're a good idea. Yes, absolutely. So I like text macros because that to me is the most efficient way for me to kind of save time typing the same thing over and over again. And so um, the reason I, I like them, they're very easy to create on the fly. Um, and essentially you can save them anywhere in the note um, from the HPI or review systems to the physical, physical exam. Um, I think it's also the assessment plan. It's a common spot in the discussion sections. Um, I've used it also in the patient instruction section too. So, um, essentially I create, I, I put that period there, you know, <laughs> I name it <laughs> and then I literally can retrieve it by just kind of, um, thinking quickly, what, what are some common names, um, of that free text? And then it pulls up, um, in the field that I want it to be in. Excellent. Yeah. And, and I love that you pointed out that you can create them on the fly. Um, I, I always like to highlight that to physicians because sometimes I feel, um, you know, providers get a little bit intimidated by the thought of having to sit down for a couple hours and make these all. And I always say like, no, like the most natural thought process will be when you actually across from the patient, right? Right. Exactly. So let's let's talk a little bit about safe findings. Like, how do you use safe findings typically? And, and um, we can talk a little bit about the difference between safe findings and text macros. Um, I think about safe findings kind of like it's a template almost. And so, like for example, I see a lot of sleep apnea on the sleep side of my practice, and so. You know, sleep apnea presents a lot of times with the same set of issues. And so, for example, if I kind of want um, certain sections of my encounter to that basically say the same thing uh, to kind of pull up all together. Um, so, for example, with the sleep apnea, the HPI, the review of systems, um, the physical, those can all kind of be... Um, like pre-selected mm -hmm. um, within the note and it drops down and then I can kind of go in and make maybe one or two changes 
Um, but for the most part, that sleep apnea patient has the same set of issues in those sections of the encounter, and then it gets to be more individualized in the assessment plan. Yeah, that's that's a great point. That's how I like to use them too. As we said earlier, right? common things are common. So if I'm, I'm a pediatrician, so if I see a patient, for example, with strep throat, I tend to document the same things on a physical exam if I'm convinced the patient has strep throat. So yeah. I make my physical exam template and call it, you know, PE strep, for example, select all the findings I would typically document in, in a strep throat exam. And then next time I just pull it in and I may only have to change one or two things or maybe add something, but I don't have to type it all over every single time. And it sounds like you're using it exactly the same way. So that's, that's awesome. Exactly. And it's also on the addiction side, there's a lot of like point of care through the workflow. And I use the same findings for that too, where I'm kind of saying, educating very similar things on the addiction side. And so it's easy to pull in um, that as a, that point of care content as a safe finding. And then I star it and it's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, speaking of pulling in things. Do, do you use uh, encounter plans at all for those visits where you know you have to queue up certain things that say an addiction visit, you want to make sure you do, you, you do a urine drug screen, right? You queue up all kinds of handouts perhaps. Yes, I do have um, a couple of those that I created in the very beginning. And those are nice because um, I remember mapping and tying like specific reasons for the visit. Um, and then like all the content drops in for each section of the encounter. Yeah. And uh, I personally found that encounter plans are also a fabulous way to remind yourself not to forget to do things, right? It really drives best practices, especially if you're in a group, you can ensure that everybody does the same thing for certain visits by teeing up all the content. And, you know, I'll use again the example um, from my pediatric uh, specialty, well visits in children, right? There's very, uh, there's certain requirements. The AAP has what to do at what age group, what vaccines to give, whether to do a hearing screen, a vision screen, a urine test. And um, if you build an encounter plan and you pull in, let's say, the reason for visit, a 15 months old well visit, you can tee up everything that you need to do during this visit. Vaccines, exactly. developmental screens, live vision, whatever you want to do. So again, I, I think this is uh, not just a really great accelerator to, to enhance and speed up your documentation, but it's also a fabulous way to prompt everybody to do all those things that need to be done at the visit. Right. And also um, it prompts me to pull in those quality measures as well. Yeah. Um, so for on the sleep side, there are quality measures around restless legs, around sleep apnea, around um, you know, hypersomnia. And it's a way of going, oh, this is already going to pull in if I type the reason in and I don't have to remember every time. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point about the quality measures. And um, for example, in, uh, for an internal medicine physician, if the quality measure is screening for depression, you could already queue up the PHQ-9 screening questionnaire and the encounter plan, right? So that you don't forget to complete it. It will auto-satisfy the measure. Likewise, if it's measures that are satisfied by certain patient education handouts, right, such as a BMI screening and education, you can already include the HealthWise handout into your encounter plan and boom, done. You don't have to worry about it anymore, right? 
queue up a mammogram order, for example. So I would say after text macros and counter plans are probably my personal favorite. They take a little bit of time to set up, but I, I find that time saving down the road is, is so worth that little initial investment to set them up properly. Exactly. And I, I like um, order sets um, because on the addiction side, um, I every month I'm ordering the drug screen and, you know, every six months, you know, the LFTs or depending on what medications the patients are on, um, I may have to order some medication surveillance labs. And those are nice because those pull in, those order sets pull in based on the diagnosis. Um, and so, for example, on the addiction side, F1120, opiate use disorder, will automatically pull in that you're a drug screen that I specifically need that's <laughs> going to confirm buprenorphine and I don't have to search for it. <laughs> it just drops down into my assessment plan, but it's triggered by that diagnosis. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Uh, thanks for mentioning order sets. Uh, that's another one of my favorites. And I always think um, order sets is almost a little bit of a misnomer because People think you have to include multiple things in an order set, but you really don't. An order set can be just one order. And the beauty of the order sets, as you just outlined, is it helps you easily find things, right? Especially tests or studies or orders that may be more challenging to find because the naming convention isn't immediately apparent. You can create an order set, include this particular order, and name it whatever you want, right? What's easily memorable for, for you. And... Um, I think that dramatically, again, increases documentation speed and, and makes it so much easier to find things. Absolutely. And that's exactly why I have that order set tied in and then tied into opiate use disorder because I call it Matt. <laughs> it's like, I know this is, you know, this is the name of the test in my mind. And then I don't have to like search for it every time. And I do recall order sets also can be once created also pulled into encounter plans absolutely yeah absolutely you can you can use an order set and include it in an encounter plan and then you're already done you know even have to add the individual orders that's another uh, way to speed up building encounter plans really yeah okay so we've talked about text macros safe findings um encounter plans uh the, the other thing I'm curious to hear, when you document, especially with patients that you see regularly for follow-up visits, do you accelerate your note at all? Or do you use our functionality to pull forward your previous note? So I use that actually just as common as the text macros because a lot of times, um, especially on the addiction side, the previous note is similar, except that I just have to make changes based on what we covered that day, but everything else, you know, um, their physical, their review of system is often the same, right? Um, and so I'll pull those in. Um, sometimes I'll pull in the entire note and then make changes and remove sections, or I'll just pull in the piece that I need that I know is gonna be the same. And then 
just kind of, you know, if it's a lot going on, I only have one section that I really need to document or focus on. But most of the time, if I pull the whole thing over, it's easy for me to just remove um, what doesn't apply, you know, oh, that was last time, but maybe everything else in, in the note is the same. And so then I just am focusing on that 10% of the note that is different. Yeah. And the other 90% of the note is already done because I pulled it over from the previous. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And I, I do exactly the same. And um, I love that you all said 10%. And normally we say the 80-20 rule, but in medicine, I feel that's more than 90-10 rule, right? <laughs> 90% is similar, 10%. Right. <laughs> very, very different. <laughs> um, that's awesome. The, the last thing I wanted to ask you as a single, um, you know, solo practitioner, and I used to have my own practice too, one of the other accelerators that it doesn't um, really play into documentation as much as into your ability to capture all your charges appropriately and you know generate revenue to actually keep your doors open and um, take care of your patients is our charge mapping functionality and I, I wanted to see if, if you utilize that and what you have found helpful about it so with that um I it's easier for me as a solo practitioner um at the end of the counter to do my super bill. And then once it's done, it's only a couple more clicks for me to literally send a claim out. And then Athena takes it from there. But in order for me to do that, um, at the beginning of my practice setup, I had to create a fee schedule and there was some charge mapping um, to kind of link like common uh, billable services to those CPT codes that um, that way they pull down uh, automatically in the encounter. And so by doing that initial setup, and I don't recall how to do that anymore, I'm going to be honest, but I remember it being done because now when I do the finish the note. I already know what the diagnosis is in the level of the visit. And so it's really, honestly, three more clicks for me to just kind of drop down, you know, and pull over, okay, the diagnoses pull over, the CPT pulls over, and I'm just like, yep, looks good. Click, click, reviewed, and it sends off. Yeah. <laughs> and then Adina, Athena does like the painful parts of the billing, <laughs> like, you know, scrubbing the claim and they have intelligence and built in to kind of review it and trigger if maybe I missed a modifier or something like that. And that's really nice um, to quickly, you know, correct. I'll even suggest within their algorithm and you just kind of click, oh yeah, you know, and, and it, it's nice to, uh, to fix it. And, and then it goes and they post it and, you know, I don't have to worry about those like painful parts of billing. It's just shows in, in my receivables. And, you know, if there is maybe 5% of the time, a problem with the claim, um, then that's when I will pull someone in to kind of help me either with appealing it um, or reworking the claim, recent correcting or resubmitting. But that's rarely happens because I have those billable services associated with the correct codes and 
um, it's integrated in with the fee schedule and charges. Yeah, it's, uh, you're, you're absolutely correct. And I have the same experience when I had my practice. I, I found that I did not use a billing. I did not need to use a billing company, right? Because with the charge mapping and the built and claim rules, I was able to drop the majority of my claims. Um, and, and it's funny that you say you don't remember how you set it up. And, and that's, I think, the beauty of it, right? This is one of the accelerators. You do it once and you can forget about it. If you do it at the beginning, and we typically do it during implementation, you really only have to change it if you change your fee schedule or you add certain services. But mapping mapping orders or, or services that you frequently use, such as point of care tests or procedure templates, screening questionnaires, to the appropriate code really saves all that work of manual charge entry, right? Exactly. <laughs> and it's all in one sign-on. Before, I was just like, ah, I got five tabs <laughs> open. And da, 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 da. Like, that is not happening anymore. And I'm a better clinician because of it. Because it's like, it's all there. It's just so transparent that my task, what I have to do, the PMP, if I got paid, if something didn't pay, it's in the hold bucket. It's just so transparent. I don't have to go into another log on and be like, did I get paid? And you know, it's just easy. I have to work smarter, not harder. I have to be efficient. And so it leverages my time. And I feel like the workflows have become easier for me because it's all organized. Athena helps to organize. And then I think um, it helps me to remember to review so that I can kind of refine and put my energy where it really needs to be. Like I have more time to talk to the patient, you know, maybe about something they're struggling with because I already know Athena's got my back on some of the co-sourcing and, and like the documentation tricks and tips and accelerators. And so, oh, I do have 10 minutes to talk to you about, you know, something <laughs> maybe unique to them that they're struggling with that maybe they wouldn't have opened up about if they felt that energy of rush, rush. Patients can feel that, I think. And I was conveying a lot of times, oh, may, maybe non-verbally, oh, I got something to do or, you know, thinking something that I have to maybe not forget. And now that that's off of my shoulders and there's less pressure, right, about the documentation because it's there or I know I can automatically pull this in, I really feel like I have time to, I think, it gives me the joy of being a practitioner because I went into it to listen and to, you know, to also, um, I think, I think it gives me, it prevents burnout, which is what was happening to me, right? Because I kind of feel like, ah, oh, you know, there are resources that here that help me to work quicker. And then so I have more time to enjoy the funner parts of medicine. <laughs> <laughs> so what I heard was the three things are it allows you to document efficiently, uh, get paid for the services that you provide, and it, it takes administrative burden off your plate to allow you to practice old-fashioned medicine and spend more time with your patients rather than less. Does that summarize? Oh Lord, I should have took notes. That was beautiful. <laughs> 
this has been really great. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me this morning. I know um, you're a solo petitioner. It's hard for you to make that time, and um, I really appreciate it. Yes, thanks to Dr. Battle for taking the time to walk through some of the clinical accelerators she uses in Athena One. If you want to hear more about those accelerators, or if you want to see the video of their conversation, you can visit the success community, success.athenahealth.com, and search for Resource Overview Clinical Efficiency. We'll also include the direct link to that Clinical Efficiency Overview page in the episode description. As we wrap up, here's what else you should know. If you missed it in December, we rolled out an updated and enhanced foundational training plan for providers on Athena One. The new courses offer interactive opportunities to practice hands-on with a coach, and they're up to date with the latest version of Athena One. You can learn more and sign up for training by visiting the Athena Health Learning Portal from either the support dropdown in Athena One or from the training page in the Success Community. The Spring 2023 release will take place on March 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, and you can expect to start hearing from us soon on the future enhancements you'll see. Have you checked out the Athena Health Marketplace lately? Two-thirds of providers are currently using at least one marketplace solution. Go to marketplace.athenahealth.com and filter by specialty or capability to find solutions that can support your business and integrate seamlessly with Athena One. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to tell your colleagues to check us out as well. The podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can let us know what you think by email at podcast at athenahealth.com, especially if you have any topics you would like us to cover. Our goal is for this to be as useful to you as possible. We're working to create a thriving ecosystem that delivers accessible, high-quality, and sustainable healthcare for all, and we'll talk to you again soon.